You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Southern Pride Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa right next door to Southern Ale House, the dynamic duo of Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Peterbrook Chocolatier, they're going to take great care of you. Get by there, get your favorite snack, your favorite treat. You know, it's hard to get one of those $7 cups of coffee in Tuscaloosa anymore. If you go by any of those places, it's like they need a traffic cop. Hey, good for them. They're selling a lot of those $7 coffees. But if you need that mid-afternoon pick-me-up, go by Peterbrook Chocolatier. Get some of those dark chocolate espresso beans. You go in, help yourself to the carousel there, right there in the middle of the store. Grab you a bag, load that baby up, and you'll be set. Skip the middleman. Go straight to the espresso bean, you know? Peterbrook Chocolates here, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by Jacob Harrison, fresh off that 27th birthday, by the way, Jacob Harrison. And together, we combine to form the 60-bit of boo. Woo! of Sports Talk Radio, and Jacob, Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network obviously had that birthday of yours in mind because as a gift to you, Jacob, DJ today comes out with his 2021 NFL Mock Draft 3.0. There you go. From DJ to Jacob. How about that, Jacob? No, I appreciate it. I think that's a that's a welcome gift from from the man that 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 you can take and you can soak in and you can learn a few things. I mean, who'd have thunk Justin Fields to Detroit, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a little different. I know you weren't happy because, like many other mocks, we've seen Alabama players in that first round to your Pittsburgh Steelers. So, in some ways. DJ is the Grinch that stole your Alabama player from the Steelers because he doesn't have an Alabama player going 24th overall to the Steelers. Instead, he has Tevin Jenkins, the Oklahoma State offensive tackle. So no Landon Dickerson, no Najee Harris 
Jacob, to your Steelers in the opinion, in the analysis of Daniel Jeremiah? Well, I mean, I guess I'm just really selfish, but I want my birth cake, birthday cake, and I want to eat it too. Uh, <laughs> if there was ever a year that that the Pittsburgh Steelers are just set up to take a Crimson Tide player, it's this year. So why not just go on ahead and do it? Especially if Lander Dickerson's, you know, propped up. You know, he's not reeling from that ACL anymore. So I'll let him be the center of the future for the Steelers. But nonetheless, yeah, I mean, I love Tevin Jenkins too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, you're going to get some help up front. It seems like if it's not Najee Harris. Uh, at the running back position. But it just seems like, man, everybody views Landon Dickerson as either a Steeler or a Packer because that's where DJ's got him going in the first round of the 2021 NFL draft. He has LD going to GB, Green Bay, there at number 29 overall. As we run it down real quickly and get into some talk from last night's national championship game in men's college basketball from up in Indianapolis. DJ's on board, man, with the quarterback deal. DJ said, you guys on Southern Fried Sports are talking about five quarterbacks in the top ten. DJ's going five in the top seven of this latest mock. Of course, Trevor Lawrence to our Jags. Zach Wilson, number two. Sam Darnold, how about that? to the Carolina Panthers yesterday in a trade. Zach Wilson, number two, from BYU to the Jets. Matt Jones, DJ's all in. He's all in. No smoke screen for uh, for DJ that you've talked about, Jacob. And I like it. As I've said, if you're going to call smoke screen, you got to commit to it. you got to die on that hill. If you're going to go smoke screen, you got to ride it all the way into the draft. But DJ has Mac Jones going number three overall to the 49ers. Another quarterback at four to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, a lot of talk about the Falcons getting out of that spot at number four, trading back. So we'll see. Uh, he does have a tight end in Kyle Pitts, a hybrid player in Kyle Pitts going number five. Joe Burrow would dig that with the Cincinnati Bengals there at fifth overall. Number six overall. DJ has Tua getting some help down in South Florida, but it's not an Alabama guy. It is Jamar Chase of LSU. So that's how that shapes up in the opinion of Daniel Jeremiah. And then seventh overall, as you outlined, alluded to for us there, Jacob, Justin Fields to the Detroit Lions. So five, five, and a hold my beer and watch this mock moment. For Daniel Jeremiah, where the quarterback position is concerned, five quarterbacks in the top seven of DJ's latest mock there at NFL.com. Hey, 205-342-9904. That is the Peter Brook Chocolate Theory Studio Line. If you would like to check in with us, uh, we are open to you. We're going to talk with Brent Beard, as we typically do on Tuesdays, coming up in our very next segment. We'll talk some college basketball with Brent. We'll talk, obviously, some college football as we typically do with Brent Beard here on the program, and uh, just have some fun. Talk a little television where spring football games are concerned coming up on the SEC Network and the ESPN platforms. But obviously wanted to get into some of that Baylor-Gonzaga talk from last night. I think Baylor just got another offensive rebound against the Zags. What a performance, wire-to-wire, as dominant of a performance relative to the competition as you will ever see in a national championship game. Of course, I guess we did see it, right, down in South Florida 
in January when Alabama took apart Ohio State. But that game, that game was competitive for a while. I mean, Baylor just sprinted out on Gonzaga. It never really was threatened. I know the Zags got it under 10 a couple of times, but that game basically lived in that 13 to 17 point range, it felt like. And Jared Butler, the Baylor guard, just outstanding once again. 22 points, 7 assists, did not have a turnover in 32 minutes of play. And if it is true that you are mostly judged upon how well your team performs while you're actually in the game, well, Jared Butler answered that question too. In terms of plus-minus, in terms of how much Baylor led by while Jared Butler was on the floor for those 32 minutes. Baylor plus 26 with Jared Butler on the floor last night in a national championship game. So, yeah, yes, I would say Jared Butler, who at one point looked like he was going to be a guard here at the University of Alabama, was most deserving of those most outstanding player accolades that he received post-game. But Macy Oteague, man, he's a stone-cold killer in his own right. Just no answers. You know, typically after a game like that, you can look at the you can look at the situation and say, well, you know, that's something that uh, the opposing team could have done better, you know, should have tried this, should have done that. Mark Few threw everything he had from the sideline and in terms of personnel at Baylor last night. It did not matter. You want to play us man-to-man? All right, you can't stop the ball. Our guards are just too good. They're going to beat you to the hoop off the dribble each and every time, and that's what happened last night. Oh, you want to zone us? You want to play some zone? Well, we can shoot the three to the tune of 43.5%, making 10 of 23, as Baylor did, and then defensively. It was just grown man. It was grown man basketball. You know, too big, too strong, too skilled. Pick a adjective. And Baylor owned it in the win over Gonzaga last night. Gonzaga just 5 of 17 from 3. You knew that was going to have to be a a big edge uh, to the Zags, or at least be competitive there. They were not. They were doubled up from the three-point line. Uh, give Jalen Suggs a lot of credit. There wasn't sort of this drop-off, really, for him on the heels of that miraculous buzzer beater in the national semi-win over UCLA. He goes for 22 points. Had the early foul trouble. That didn't help Gonzaga's cause, though, very much either. 205-342-9904. We've got some news to get to on the program. Always seems like 11 to 12. It stay lit around here when it comes to news. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. I can tell you that among other things that have happened while we have been live and on the air over the last four and a half plus years of this program, Lane Kiffin was dismissed while we were on the air in the lead-up to that 2017 college football playoff national championship game against Clemson. While we were on the air, it basically happened. It went down. That Lane was told, hey, you know what? Go ahead and get a head start on that first recruiting class at Florida Atlantic. Well, I am being alerted now by our ever-alert producer, executive producer, Jacob Harrison. We had talked about this the last day or so, really. 
to keep your eyes and ears open for a potential commitment for the Alabama men's basketball team. And what I'm being told now by Jacob Harrison, and you're seeing it spread across your timelines, including right there from BamaOnline.com, four-star center Charles Bediaco has committed to Nate Oates in the Alabama Crimson Tide. We told you the last few days, kind of be on the lookout for this one. Still a very nice pickup for the Crimson Tide. A true post player, another Canadian. Wow, man, just keep the Canadians coming. Between Josh Primo, now Betty Ako, Owen Diodati on the baseball team, Antoine Jean, John Mechie. It's all about Canada. I think we're going to have to get like Rush to do a rendition of Yay Alabama. I think that would be appropriate, unfortunately. The great Neil Pert on the drums no longer with us, so I don't know if we can go rush on that. Is Arcade Fire, isn't Arcade Fire Canadian-based? Maybe we could do that. Regardless, Charles Bediaco. There we go. Yes, absolutely. The nation's number four center prospect for the 2021-24-7 sports composite rankings. The number 26th overall player in the country as well, from IMG Academy, has committed to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Another big pickup. Put him in there with J.D. Davison, five-star point guard. Jason Holt, four-star small forward. And then you go Juco for Langston Wilson, a post who can give you some versatility. No doubt about it. And by the way, it doesn't sound like Alabama's done on the recruiting trail. Got some transfer possibilities that are still out there. And Amari Burnett from Texas Tech. Noah Gurley, another D1 transfer that's on the market that you might want to keep your eyes and ears open for here in the coming days as well. Hey, we're going to step aside to our first break. When we come back, as promised, Brent Beard will go around the Southeastern Conference with Brent when Southern Fried Sports, presented by Peter Brook Chocolate here, returns on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama and ULM's scheduled matchup for Tuesday has been canceled. The two programs will still square off on Wednesday afternoon at Sewell Thomas Stadium. The Crimson Tide and Warhawks were originally set for a 6 p.m. Central game on Tuesday evening, followed by a Wednesday pairing to wrap up the two-game series. The Wednesday contest will remain as scheduled, with the two teams set for a 3 p.m. first pitch at the Joe. All single-game tickets for Tuesday's game will be honored for the Wednesday contest. Alabama baseball went 1-2 and two over the weekend, defeating six-ranked Tennessee 7-4 on Friday. The Vols took the Saturday contest 8-4 in 11 innings, and then Alabama and Tennessee had a hard-fought game on Easter Sunday, with Tennessee winning 9-8. I'll have more in a moment. You hear a lot today about the Bama factor. Well, what exactly is it? It's a saying that Coach Saban uses constantly. It's actually what the program is built on. Commitment, discipline, effort, toughness, and pride. Well, at Dex Imaging, we believe in these same principles. To be the very best we can be, day in and day out. So for all of your business office solutions, put Dex Imaging to work for you. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of Alabama Athletics. 
If you missed last night's edition of Hey Coach, you can check it out on our Alabama Insider Podcast on all podcast platforms. Women's basketball head coach Christy Curry joined us to recap a historic year for the Crimson Tide on the hardwood. Also, gymnastics head coach Dana Duckworth reviewed a successful NCAA regionals meet and looks ahead to nationals coming up for the gymnastics team. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Dex Imaging. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a good supply of sunshine, the high around 80. For tonight, mostly fair with a low at 56. Tomorrow, partially sunny during the day. Then a band of showers and strong storms will arrive tomorrow night, the high at 79. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com. Download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. The first thing I remember knowing was a lonesome whistle blowing and a youngin's dream of growing up to ride. On a freight train leaving town, not knowing where I'm bound, and no one could change my mind but Mama tried. The one and only rebel child. It is a Tuesday. It is Southern Fried Sports. It is around 11.20 in the morning, so you know what that means on this Tuesday. Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News joins us. Brent, I hope you and yours, those lovely daughters of yours, uh, had a great <laughs> Easter weekend. How about it, Brent? Uh, the youngest one came down, and uh, we enjoyed her and her fiancé. And, uh, of course, while she was here, she let me know everything I needed to be doing, Trav, that I wasn't doing in my life. Uh, but that's kind of like what, that. Those daughters are right. good like that. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. Uh, they're they're perfect with that, or what they keep can you humble. Them. Yeah, no quite. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the and the oldest is coming down on her birthday weekend, Trav, coming up in a. You know in, what in that about, means? Yeah. <laughs> She's coming down to load up that sleigh and take that, it back. That's what uh, that is. Uh, uh, she knows very well that that uh, between the peeps down here and the parents, uh, she'll get a good bit. But it's a uh, gorgeous day. I hope everybody had a good Easter. This is uh, th- this is pre-birthday day tomorrow, uh, as wow. a matter of fact. So uh, you and, and Brett, it, the twin brother, the twin yeah, brother yeah. Brett. Yeah, and remember, Trav, I'm much, much younger than Brett Beard, okay? Yeah, so, Brett got you got by a few minutes there, right? It's two minutes, as a matter of fact. So <laughs> that's right. And and amazingly, um, and I'm and I didn't think I'd be able to say this a few years ago, but but uh, Thursday, I uh, uh, some people do and some people don't know that I work with one of the local hospices here and Thursday is 25 years with them. So, uh, that, that is absolutely amazing. Really, really glad to made a difference in people's lives and appreciate sports and the hospice job. They balance each other out rather well. What a blessing you have been in that capacity among other things, besides just being a great, great friend, your work with hospice down there in Northeast Florida. I've told many people before, 
the Ryers can't get married or buried without <laughs> Brent Beard. I mean yeah. that in all due respect because it's literal. Brent Beard has actually married family members of mine, uh, and he's officiated the services, funeral services of That's relatives good. of mine. It, it's it's absolutely true. And uh, Brent is just, again, just an absolute blessing to our family and so many others that he has helped throughout the years. And we thank you for that, Brent. And an early happy birthday to you and also big brother, big That's brother, right. Brett Beard. So uh, look forward to that on Wednesday. Hey, uh, Brent, as we get into the segment here, uh, what a national championship game performance by wow. Baylor last night. Anticipated that being a tight game. I liked Baylor by a little bit in the game because I thought the toughness and sort of the the age, the veteran presence that Baylor has on that basketball team would pay off. But I didn't see that performance coming, and it no, was really no. across the board. Uh, you know, whether you talk about rebounding, a 38 to 22 edge for Baylor there. Baylor goes 16 of 18 from the free throw line, 14 of 16 in the second half, and then makes 10 of 23 threes. So just about every statistical category that I think a lot of people thought Gonzaga might have the edge, maybe not so much rebounding, but certainly three-point shooting. Uh, it went exactly the other way in Baylor's favor last night. Just an amazing performance in a lot of ways, and, and uh, some really interesting things for Baylor have come out of that. Since seeding began in the NCAA tournament since 79, only the third team to win the national championship without any McDonald's All-Americans. Uh, that, that's amazing. But next year, Trav, this won't surprise you at all. Uh, they've got three top 100 players uh, that are coming in next year, won every game by 15 points. So, and, and I give our, I give our colleague Drew DeArmond credit for this. Um, his tweet today was the skilled physical team will always beat the skilled soft team. Trev, some of those uh, those Baylor inside, get the Baylor bigs, could they play tight end or maybe linebacker uh, or defensive end on the Baylor football team possibly? Yeah, they were, again, they were the sort of bigger, bruisier, uh, more assertive team for sure. And yep. look, it goes back to this. It's pretty simple. If I can keep you from going to the basket, but you right. can't stop me from going to the basket, yeah, yeah. guess who's going to win That's in right. any form of basketball? And that was the case last night, too. Baylor's guards and just really their all-around ability, one through five. And they set the tone early, crashing the offensive glass and kind of let Timmy and the rest of those guys for Gonzaga know, look, you're going to have to put everything you got just into keeping us off the glass, which they yeah. weren't able to do. and. Even with the foul trouble that Baylor encountered there in the first half, never really seemed to be a factor for the Baylor Bears. Hell of a job by Scott Drew to take that program from where it was. You talk about rising from the literal ashes. That program was – it would almost be the equivalent of SMU winning the college football playoff, the depths from which that program had to return uh, with everything it had been through. Uh, Tragic circumstances, certainly. And, 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 and I think what you're getting at, Trav, uh, and people forget, 
that when when Drew got there was around the time to where they had one of the Baylor players murder the uh, another yes. Baylor player. Yes. So uh, I mean, just uh, as you said, just absolute tragic situation there uh, in in many ways. Uh, but I, and, and listen, I also want to point out as they as they often do uh, some of the early top 25 basketball polls coming out. Uh, one I saw travel, uh, UCLA number one, and what about Alabama number three? There you go. There's some of the expectations that are going to heighten considerably. And if some things go on the recruiting trail like they might here in the next few days, Nate Oates and his staff will only add to that arsenal for the 2021-2022 season, even with Herb Jones moving on, John Petty, still very bright, bright future for Alabama men's hoops. I'm going to stay in Texas because why not? But one of the more interesting (laughs) notes that you sent me this week involves the plans for the Texas A&M halftime of this year's maroon and white game. They just can't get rid of Johnny Manziel in College Station. Not only is Johnny Manziel going to play quarterback uh, in this year's maroon and white flag football game, he is apparently going to play for both teams. He's going to be the all-time quarterback and uh, some interesting coaching staff Uh. options for this maroon and white game. Yeah, they've got a a team Picard uh, in that head coach uh, is none other than uh, Jackie Sherrill. Absolutely. Uh, who who returns? Uh, who Jackie could also do this for Mississippi State one day if they want to uh, be able to do so. But but uh, uh, Trev will uh, because because of his past. Will will Jackie in SEC and uh, other conference lore uh, ever maybe get the credit that maybe he might deserve? <laughs> Yeah, you know, Jackie, he'll probably go all in. Jackie doesn't do anything halfway. So Absolutely. I'm expecting I'm expecting the bonfire you know, the, <laughs> the night before. Maybe Jackie castrates a bull Could you know, be. like he did it at Mississippi be. State. And you know Jackie's going to hit those JUCO ranks hard. <laughs> He's going to supplement that roster with those Mississippi JUCOs right. like Jackie yeah. did so well there at Mississippi State. But cool stuff, and it really – takes me back to sort of the days where you had a lot of this maybe at other places. Alabama, at least yeah. one year, right, Brent? They oh, were yeah. full pads with yes. alumni players against the existing roster and even had, was it Joab Thomas that played in the game or one of the school presidents that padded up and yeah. got in the game? Oh, yeah, yeah. Kenny Stabler playing quarterback? That's back when they did the alumni games for real, Brent. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, I'll, I'm pretty sure I was at that spring game. Uh, it will be it, it, it will be at the upcoming spring game on the 17th. But but yeah, and I think what's going on here, and I'm curious if you, if you're seeing more of, of this too. Uh, there are more coaches being asked about uh, the spring game of playing another opponent, and I think mm-hmm. we're I think we're slowly seeing more support. Uh, for that, instead of just having a an inter squad game, I, I think that still would be a hard sell for a lot of coaches. Mike Mike Gundy was asked about having a scrimmage against either Arkansas or A and M, and he said he would be for that. So I know the NCAA would have to change some rules and 
uh, and that would have to be some consideration for uh, injuries and so forth. But uh, I'm wondering if I if that idea is gaining a little bit of steam now. It's one that's been around forever. I know we've been on the air with this program for nearly five years now, and we've talked about it throughout the existence of Southern Pride Sports. So this has become sort of an annual conversation. Yep, it is. I guess the determining factor, Brent, like it always is, will come down to cash. Yeah. Cold, oh, yeah. hard cash. Absolutely. But whenever we talk about college athletics and maybe we're on the fence about introducing something or not introducing something, what does it typically come down to, Brent? Yeah, it comes down to cash. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> Everything has a price tag. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me at some point. You know, we almost had – we thought we were going to have spring football this year anyway, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, Trev, the other thing is with this, and and we talked about this over the last several months, these athletic directors are looking for revenue streams. So, uh, look, what would it be uh, Would it be shocking in the next few years uh, if they came down to this uh, and got a TV contract, charged fans a little bit more to do it so they could bring in a little bit more money? Let's talk some LSU football real quick because it has been on the sports talk radar for all the wrong reasons, really since the clock hit triple zeros at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome following the Tigers' national championship game win over Clemson in January of 2020. Eric Gilbert, the tight end, big, big part of that LSU offense as a true freshman last fall, Looked like he was gone. Looked like he was headed to Florida. Uh, that changed seemingly in the bat of an eye. And now there appear to be more and more rumblings that he could very well stay put there at LSU. Is that kind of the way the wind is blowing right now with Gilbert Brent? Uh, uh, well, then I give Mike Farrell, uh, the the overall recruiting guy at Rivals.com, credit for this. Uh, he came out with some updates on some guys, including Gilbert and uh, Henry Toa Toa, and as far as Gilbert is concerned, uh, what Farrell is hearing is a fact that really Gilbert never wanted to leave, uh, but there were some off-the-field issues that forced him to go back home for a while, obviously did commit to Florida. Uh, that has changed at this point, So, uh, and obviously he's probably still got a lot to get together. I mean, Trav, I would think that Help me on this. That progress toward a degree. Uh, I mean, how much, how, how much being in the classroom has he been uh, over the last little bit too? I'm not real sure about that, but 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 look, this this Gilbert thing's still very much in the air. It looks like. Yeah, there are so many components that could come into play with that from the academic angle. How much did he get accomplished in the fall? Right. Uh, maybe he's been online. Maybe he has stayed in courses. Um, at LSU. Uh, there's the COVID perspective. I would think there will be some waivers provided. Uh, if you have student athletes that come up short of those requirements, given the events of the last 13 or 14 months or so, but, uh, very interesting to see what eventually happens with Eric Gilbert, who, who knows, maybe we'll see him here in Tuscaloosa on November the 6th. Talking with Brent Beard of college sports today, And First Coast News, also a Heisman Trophy voter, as we know, and Brent Beard 
here on Southern Fried Sports, and it looks like we are on the verge of some busy Saturdays, Brent, where spring games are concerned in the Southeastern Conference. April the 17th, of course, you're going to have the 8A game here in Tuscaloosa. looks like of that weekend, Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, Georgia, LSU, and Vanderbilt, along with Mississippi State. Only one of those, though, is going to be on network television. And it's the one right here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, noon central on ESPN. All the other games I mentioned, looks like they're designated for SEC Network Plus. Yeah, and and people need to realize that because some of them are are going to be disappointed during that time, too. I mean, and, I mean, good grief, as many venues as ESPN has, I would have thought they may have spread some of these around a little bit, but... Uh, still, uh, the SEC basically uh, is in uh, a couple different weeks. Trav, this is the this is the first time I remember in a long time that SEC spring games are as late as the twenty fourth. Um, now we may, in other words, we may have one or two on the twenty fourth, but but we've got South Carolina, Tennessee, A and M, uh, Ole Miss has theirs at that time uh, a little bit more than we normally would have. But, again, the, the, the big thing is we've got spring in, uh, which is important. Now, the ACC, uh, our brethren over there have spread theirs out a little bit more. As a matter of fact, Clemson had theirs um, last weekend and unfortunately lost their backup quarterback to an Achilles tear. Uh, but it, it is interesting how the SEC, again, uh, kind of bunched in a couple of uh, uh, weekends. Could travel, you remember from the past, like like this year, we, we would have had a spring game, uh, what, typically on the 10th, probably another one on the 3rd and spread out like that. So they're kind of bunched together this year. Yeah, you got a uh, handful of games also on the 24th, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas A&M. Uh, in that bunch. And I guess, you know, it's kind of a good news, bad news thing. The bad news is you're not going to be able to access as many of these spring football games on actual network television. But I'm not going to tell you I don't enjoy the uptick that we've seen in terms of the SEC network and some of the ESPN platforms where baseball and softball are concerned. Oh, yeah. It seemed like this Absolutely. last weekend, wherever I turned, I had access to SEC baseball and softball. So I like that part of it. Uh, well, and look, is uh, I mean, when you've got what Trav seventy five percent of the conference in the top twenty five, yeah. Uh, I, I mean that that's certainly worth in both sports. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. There's no question about that. Now, now, uh, j- just for spring football fans, uh, Notre Dame has their spring game May first. So uh, there's some I'll that let it warm up a little bit. Yeah, there. yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, really, you, Trav, you think it may be you think it may be above 50 by then up there? Yeah, it'll be a nice 43 degrees and cloudy itself <laughs> probably on May the first. So it'll be perfect for that Irish Springer. Hey, uh, talking with Brent Beard of College Sports today and First Coast News on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. I wanted to get your thoughts, uh, what you're hearing from last Friday's scrimmage here in Tuscaloosa, the Alabama Crimson side with Bryce Young quarterbacking that first team offense for the most part. Uh, put in some scrimmage work, getting ready for scrimmage number two coming up on Saturday. 
couple of primary takeaways from what you were able to gather from that first scrimmage, Brent. Well, it's obvious that uh, Bryce Young started off well, and he needed to, and I'm sure you've covered uh, a, a lot of that, and, and that's really good news for Alabama fans. I was very interested in, in again, uh, hearing the uh, the tight ends getting involved, uh, Cameron Latou catching a couple of touchdowns, some of these younger receivers, and Javon Baker and Xavier Williams uh, coming up. And, and again, it is... Uh, Trev, uh, is, is DeMarco Helms becoming a Nick Saban favorite? Uh, he, uh, from what I hear, he is, uh, technically very sound, uh, and, and because of that, usually performs well in these scrimmages. Obviously, uh, Will Anderson, Christopher Allen, uh, very, um, involved along that line, but I, but I'm, uh, uh, I, 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 I'm interested to see what some of these other guys have done and how they have played, and particularly how well this defense may be coming together. Yeah, the thing about Helms is those last couple of games of the 2020 season, with an emphasis on the postseason, really started to take over at yeah. that safety spot opposite Jordan Battle. And here's what you know about DeMarco Helms, too. If he's making plays on the ball and you combine that, with his tackling ability, he might be Alabama's best tackler on the it back end. Jordan Battle's That's a pretty good tackler. But I give DeMarco Ellums a lot of credit because, you know, he was basically supplanted in that dime back role mm-hmm. by Brian Branch last yeah. season. And he easily could have faded oh, into yeah. the background. Absolutely. There. But instead, he set his sights on that safety spot that Daniel Wright at the time was manning. You know, Wright was a little bit inconsistent. I think we could all agree on that. For every pick six, there was a missed tackle, maybe, that led to six uh, with Daniel Wright involved. So DeMarco Ellums kept his head up, and here he is looking to nail down one of those safety spots in the Alabama secondary. Brent, uh, as we get out of here with you on this Tuesday, uh, some changes, once again, to the SEC spring meetings. A longtime staple of Destin down there on Memorial Day week or weekend, typically. Uh, sounds like it's going to be different, though, once again this year. Well, it sounds like it's going to be virtual. Uh, and, again, I, it seems like they've spread it out a little bit. Now, I know, you, I know you've been there in the past, and, frankly, mm-hmm. uh, it's from, from the people who I've talked to have covered it, including you, it's much more relaxed. You, you've got more time with the coaches. They, they, they'll take more time during that, uh, and uh, it's disappointing. Uh, hopefully next year they'll be able to have it as they used to. Uh, and, again, it points to the, the question to me is, uh, Trail by July, are we going to have SEC Media Days in Hoover, anything close to what we've had in the past? But for now, as far as the spring meetings are concerned, they will go on they're just going to be in a different format. And uh, what will be very curious, uh, what the SEC network does to be able to cover the meetings, too. Yeah, it had become the the place where actual news yes. emanated from on the conference level before the pandemic. The lobby area there at the Sandestin Hilton you're right. It was more casual, more laid back. It certainly wasn't formal. It was becoming more that way 
because more and more media had finally mm-hmm. gotten clued into the fact that yeah. it was actually more of they could get more done there. There was more yes. stuff of substance coming out of Destin than there was at SEC Media Days. So SEC Media Days has become a show. All right, yeah. become a Absolutely. show. Yes. If you wanted to get some news, get some stuff, good stuff, uh, the spring meetings are where that had pretty much taken over at the SEC level. Hey, Brent, as always, appreciate you joining us here on the program. Once again, hope it was a great Easter weekend for you and yours, and we look forward to doing it again next week. Me too, pal. Always enjoy it. Take care. There he goes. Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News. If you haven't already, give Brent a follow on Twitter at Brent Beard, B-E-A-I-R-D. The birthday boy, Brent Beard and Brent Beard, coming up tomorrow. Back with more of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You own a small business. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a good supply of sunshine, the high around 80. For tonight, mostly fair with a low at 56. Tomorrow, partially sunny during the day. Then a band of showers and strong storms will arrive tomorrow night, the high at 79. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. I could be holding you tonight. I could quit doing wrong and start doing right. You don't care about what I think. Think I'll just stay here and drink. Hey, putting you down won't square the deal. You know what's country? You know About as much as anything I can think of. Country is dying on your birthday. And that was Merle Ronald Haggard. Born on this day. In 1937, the hag, as he was affectionately referred to, passed away on his birthday in 2016 at the age of 79. Your playlist theme of the day, Merle Haggard. It is a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, senior analyst. For BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Thanks again to Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News joining us in the previous segment. As we told you earlier in the program, Charles Bediaco, a high four-star post, 6'11", from IMG Academy, has committed to the University of Alabama men's basketball team. What a run for Nate Oates and his program. As you're seeing the way too early top 25s that are coming out today in the wake of Baylor's thumping of Gonzaga last night in the NCAA tournament championship game, Alabama showing up at the top of one particular way too early top 25, the Washington Post. Top five where CBSSports.com is concerned and just pretty much top 10 in general. So, hence the new standard 
for Alabama men's hoops under Nate Oates. Top 10 program. That's the expectation moving forward. And Charles Bediaco now becoming a part of that. We've seen reports also that Oates and staff are set to met, meet with uh, one particular transfer target in Noah Gurley from Furman perhaps this afternoon. And then uh, you've also got Namori Burnett still out there on the transfer market. Moving on from Texas Tech. So, Nate Oates doesn't sit still, man. No rock left unturned when it comes to potential personnel additions for Alabama men's hoops. 205-342-9904 if you'd like to jump on board with us. We have a few moments left to do that in today's program. We were talking about Baylor and Gonzaga, just another example of how hard it is to run the table incredibly hard so i guess it is still 1976 indiana the last college basketball team under the general robert montgomery knight to run the table in a college basketball season and there have been some teams since then going back to even the early 90s if you really want to do that if 91 UNLV couldn't run the table, it, it's it, it's getting tougher and tougher to envision anyone else doing it. Because that 91 UNLV team, first of all, had the benefit of playing in the Big West Conference. Was the defending national champions, Larry Johnson, Anderson Hunt, Stacey Augman, Greg Anthony, hell of a team. And so they were playing in a league in the Big West, no longer in the Big West, UNLV. Mountain West, I believe it is now, for the running Rebels. Playing in a league that you knew they were going to dominate. And then did have some non-conference matchups that year that were at least intriguing. The biggest of which was in February of 1991, Arkansas and UNLV at Barnhill Arena. Old Barnhill Arena. It's been replaced, as we know. And UNLV and one, went in there and won by seven. Very entertaining game. Remember that game. I think that may have been Oliver Miller, Arkansas, there in 91, right before Arkansas joined the SEC. I guess it was. Uh, and UNLV went in there and won by seven and then went into the NCAA tournament, skated through Montana, Georgetown, Utah, Seton Hall, got to the semifinals, and there was Coach K, Bobby Hurley, Christian Leitner, and the Duke Blue Devils, who knocked off UNLV by two. UNLV 34-1 and one in that 1990-1991 season. And then even the next year, with what Duke had coming back, they became that team that everyone had their eyes on to run the table, to go undefeated in a college basketball season. Much much more difficult as an ACC team. And it proved to be that way. Duke lost in the regular season to rival North Carolina and Wake Forest. Still went 34-2, and though, and did repeat as the national champions. Hey, we talked about Daniel Jeremiah's latest mock draft as we get out of here on a Tuesday. And it's interesting from the Alabama perspective because not only does he have Mac Jones going number three overall to the San Francisco 49ers, that drum beat grows louder and louder, it seems. 
he doesn't have another Alabama player going in the top 10. He does have Devontae Smith going 11th to the New York Giants. That one's a little bit new on me. I don't know. Maybe Jacob Harrison. He's our draft our draft Nick, our draft guru, I guess you could say on the program. Maybe he's seen Devontae Smith to the Giants. I haven't seen that one, Jacob. That one's a little bit different. You have – what do you got? I've, I've seen – Jalen Waddle go to the Giants. I've, I mean, this this thing with with Smitty, his stock is is plummeting. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. getting ugly. Top five guy forever. It seemed like, and now in the last couple of weeks, it's been more sub ten into the teens. He does have Darryl, Daniel Jeremiah's Patrick Sertan the second going twelfth overall to the Eagles. Team up with Jalen Hurts up there in Philly. He does have Jalen Waddle, but he has him at sixteenth. To the Cardinals. How about Jalen Waddle with that receiving core to go along with Kyler Murray at Arizona if it plays out that way? There's a big brown cloud DJ has beyond that. You got to get down into the late 20s to Landon Dickerson going to the Packers. We talked about that earlier. No Najee Harris for DJ in the first round. So that's Daniel Jeremiah 3.0 on a Tuesday and that's going to do it for a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports your lunch whistle on this Tuesday it's a Thai Chicken Tuesday down there at Heat Pizza Bar Government Plaza downtown Tuscaloosa trust me the very best pizza you'll put in your mouth anywhere is right here in Tuscaloosa and it is right there at Heat Pizza Bar daily specials today being Tuesday starting at 6 o'clock you're going to get those Thai chicken pizzas for just 7 bucks. Got that all-day happy hour on Sundays, too. Can't beat that. Always great stuff there at Eat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Thanks to Brent Beard. Thanks to Jacob Harris. And thanks to you. Till 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. Here comes Don.